Absolutely. And uh, I want to welcome everybody right now who's watching us online or on demand on this cold, wet morning here in Santa Cruz, California. Thanks for being here with us. But big thanks to those of you who braved the elements. You showed up and we're so glad that you're here uh, live on our campus. And uh, before we dig in, just a couple things about next week. You're going to want to know next week, you're definitely going to want to be here in person. And let me tell you why. Number one, we're starting a brand new series about the vision of our church, which who knows what the vision of our church is? Anybody know? Oh, I heard it. Where was it? Hope for everyone. There it is. Thank you. So uh, thanks, mom. I paid her 50 bucks to do that. Anyway, so uh, no, hope for everyone. We're going to be talking about what our church is about, but actually in that conversation, you're going to find a lot of practical life stuff on a personal level that might surprise you. So we're gonna be uh, talking about that starting next week, but also our Start Here class is gonna be happening after service next week. That's a perfect environment for those of you who are looking to find out more about who we are or just looking to plug in in any kind of way. And at the top of the message, we got a little bit of a surprise for everybody too. So a little, little something we wanna give you. So really cool stuff happening next week. Don't miss out, but some of you are like, well, man, I came on the wrong week. What's going on this week, right? This week, we're wrapping up our series brand new, which, by the way, did you like David's song or not? Come on, man, this guy's awesome. So, um, good stuff, and uh, yeah. And we, we've been looking at some bold ideas, brand new approaches to spiritual life. That's kind of how we came into this year. And uh, if you want to find out more about the series or missed a week, you can go to our YouTube channel, santacruzbible.org, all that good stuff. But this week, we're, we're, um, I want to talk about something that actually really want to focus on what most people are dealing with. I kind of didn't know that most people were dealing with this, but it turns out most people right now in this year are dealing with this every day. The last three years have made this issue dramatically worse. Um, and, and it's not, it hasn't really improved really over these last three years. Now, most people will think of this as a mental or emotional issue or maybe even physical, but Really, to me, and I want to kind of show you the spiritual side of this issue as well. So the issue I want to discuss is loneliness. Loneliness. You may not know this, but currently right now, more than half of Americans, 58%, consider themselves lonely. We've reached a point where a majority of the people in our nation are struggling with loneliness on a daily basis. Now here's one that will kind of blow your mind. So who's really lonely? 79% of adults age 18 to 24 report feeling lonely compared to just 41% of seniors age 66 or older. So there's a massive generational gap between older folks who may be saying like are more experienced or however you want to term it out, whatever, you know, 66 and older, okay? who feel like, yeah, less of us are lonely. We still have friends and connections. But when you go younger and you're seeing more and more and more people saying, I'm lonely. I mean, that's, that's almost 80% of all adults in that age range struggling with loneliness. And what's uh, the highest percentage, when I look through the study, the highest percentages of people who are lonely really came down to four people groups. Uh, the first one was 75% of Hispanic adults are lonely. Three out of four. 68% of black adults are lonely. So you see some concerning stuff there in underrepresented groups of people. And then you look at stages of life. 
69% of mothers are lonely. In the highest group, 77% of single parents are lonely. And those are the ones that people are the most concerned about in our nation, that like things don't turn around. This, these stats are not getting better among this group, these groups of people. It's concerning not just if you're in one of those groups, but this should be concerning for everybody. This is, all, this is, this is, this is something going on. People feel more alone than they ever have before, like, that, that we've hit a point. And um, I recently read this passage and I wonder if this is the way a lot of people feel. Uh, Psalms 142 verse three says this. It says, as I sink in despair, my spirit ebbing away, you know how I'm feeling, talking to God. You know the danger I'm in, the traps hidden in my path. Look right, look left. There's not a soul who cares what happens. And I'm up against the wall with no exit. It's just me all alone. And I cry out, God, I call out, you're my last chance my only hope for life. And while we read these things and think, man, this must be, this person was in a bad situation, this was David, but the key things that struck out to me when I read it was there's not a soul who cares what's happening and it's just me all alone. And a majority of the people, six out of the 10 of the people in this room would be like, that's me. That's what I'm going through right now. It reminds me of uh, back in 79 when the movie Alien was coming out. I kind of like scary movies, so sometimes I throw one in for fun just to see if there's anyone else out there. But the tagline for that movie, very famous. In space, no one can hear you scream. And I think about that, I always think of that tagline because I'm like, you don't need space because I, there's a lot of people out there in life, no one can hear you scream. In life, no one hears what you're going through. In life, you're going through pain, no one knows. In life, no one hears the tears you're shedding at night and the problems that you're facing, no one knows. You know, speaking of movies, I want to show you an example of how this plays out kind of in, in a weird way today, kind of the way these things kind of play out. Have you ever seen a movie that once it was over, you wanted to talk about it. Have you has that ever happened to you, right? I know some of you are like, not anymore. I haven't seen any good movies since like 82. You know what I mean? So uh, it's been a long time. But you ever seen a movie that's so good and you're like, oh man, I want to tell people about it. And, and, and I, I'm one of those people, I like crazy movies with like twist endings and things. And like, you know, and then the ending, you're like, oh, you know, and then it's like, I want to, I, like, I, I want to talk about this movie, but, but no one else saw it. I don't know anyone that's seen this movie, right? Like, I, have nothing, I don't know what happened. So who do you call? Like, who do you text? Like, what do you do, right? You want to talk about that ending. Oh my gosh, this ending. But no one was there to see it. And then you do that dumb thing where you go to somebody else and you try to explain the movie to them. For example, I remember the time that I tried to tell my wife, Carrie, about the movie Inception, Okay, now if you haven't seen Inception, I'm gonna spoil a little bit of it, so my apologies, but it's been a few years, so give me a break. Anyway, but, but here's the thing, like something like, okay, Carrie says this movie is so good, and it was about like, so it's happening in a dream that's in a dream that's in another dream in a dream. <laughs> and she looked at me about the same way you're looking at me right now. 
And I'm like, this is not fun. You're not as excited about this as I am. Like, I, I'm just trying to explain this and I'm doing a horrible job. It's not fun. But so what happens is, what do we do when that happens? So here's what people do. We go on the internet, right? We go on social media and we try to find what others were saying about the movie that we just watched. Like, I know someone else has seen this. Someone's gotta be talking about this. And sure, you search around and then you find it and there's people talking about it. And you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I thought too. And you're kind of into it, right? You're kind of into this thing. And, and the digital world is interesting because it allows us, no matter what we're experiencing, to talk about what we're experiencing with someone out in the digital world. But here's the difference that I think we have to remember. There's a difference between discussing life with other people and doing life with other people. And we get it really confused. Like, I talked about this with you know, big boy 73 somewhere in space. We don't know where he is. And I feel like I experienced life and, and no, you didn't, right? There's a big difference between discussing things and, do, and, and doing life with people. The digital world sometimes should be a reminder to us that the reason why we're in it so much is because no one around us knows what we're experiencing. And it sometimes is a wake up call to us that the people around me do not know what I'm excited about or, or what I want to talk about or what I'm going through. So I go and find online communities, right, to talk about these things, which is fine to talk about them. But hey, this is why this is a little bit different. I don't know if you know this, but going to a movie with someone and then talking about it afterwards over coffee or whatever's open in Santa Cruz past eight, right, Going to do that is so much more fun than just watch it by yourself and then going on some website and trying to figure out, you know, like it's just a different thing. Why is that? It's because deep down, we all need to know that someone around me knows what I'm experiencing. And there's a weird validation when the two of us went to see the same thing and now we're talking about it. It's a weird thing. A person not a username, knows me. And I'm actually not alone. See, I don't know if you know, and I wanna make sure we all remember this. We are meant to share life with each other. Not just discussion about whatever, life with each other. And that's the good stuff and the bad stuff. Let me show you Galatians 6, 2, verse I always come back to on this. It says, share each other's burdens and in this way, obey the law of Christ. If you think you're too important to help someone, you're only fooling yourself. You're not that important, right? The Bible gets sassy sometimes. It's just, you're gonna have to deal with it, okay? It's just the way it is, okay? And I wanna ask you this question, are you sharing your burdens? Well, sometimes to big boy seven, four in Ohio somewhere. No, that's not what I'm talking about. Are you sharing, I don't know who big boy seven, four is. I apologize. If that's somebody's actual username, I'm not actually calling you out. I don't know who you are. Uh, I don't know why you're big boy. There's a lot of questions. There's something going on anyway. Um, but are you sharing your burdens? That's the big question. And, and I mean, I think a lot of people are like, eh, ish, right? That's the answer, ish. I hit toward them all the time. Right, I dropped clues. Well, okay, it's not a Scooby-Doo episode. Like you either are or you aren't. It shouldn't be a mystery 
to get to know us, but sometimes it is, right? And here's the other question. Are you helping anyone with their burdens? Right? That tends to be a weird thing we do. Someone tells you something going on, and we're like, well, that sounds terrible. And then we just walk off, right? Like, you know, like, oh, stinks to be you, right? And then kind of leave. That's not the way it is. We're supposed to let people in. But we end up pushing people out. Here's the weird thing. We all need support, and we know that. And intuitively, this is what's weird about us. We don't mind giving support to people, but we mind receiving it. Right? Someone's car breaks down and they call you and you're like, oh, no, no, I got you. Oh, well, come pick you up. Not a problem. Like, don't even, you don't even think about it. You're like, oh, I'm so glad I could help. But then your car breaks down and you're like, I'm going to burden everyone. And, and, and other people don't mind helping you just as much as you didn't mind helping them. But for some reason, we do this Jedi mind trick and we think like, I can't ask for support. I can't ask for help, but I should help other people. And that's wrong. This has always been hard for me because I'm a pastor. And if there's ever a job where it's hard to actually have friends, it's being a pastor because they have to be able to see you and not just that, that word, right? And, and every, I don't even tell people sometimes I'm a pastor, especially around here because then people just like, you know, immediately you're like, oh, well, they'll keep pressing you like, what do you do? And you're like, I'm a speaker. Like you're like trying not to do it. And you're like, oh, here it happens. And then they're like, what kind of speaking do you do? Where are you at on Sunday morning? What's your religious affiliate? I'm like, okay, fine. And they press in and you're like, okay, I'm a pastor. And the second you do it, it's like you just went, it's like you hear that price is right noise when the, they lose the game, that bum, 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 and you just feel this thing. And, and then the person puts their head down. Everyone puts their head down. I'll tell you exactly how this plays out every single time, almost. Like, oh, I'm a pastor. And like every once in a while, like 2% of people are like, that's cool, right? 98% of people just suddenly go, And then the conversation shifts to one of three things. I haven't been to church in a while. This is how much I cuss, and this is how much I drink. And I did not ask any of those questions. I, I don't know what happened in the conversation, but I did not go. Hey, by the way, church attendance, foul language, alcohol use, I need to know gauge. Never asked. But it's happened to me everywhere I go, well, we haven't been to church in a while. Well, neither have like, I don't know, 89% of Americans, so I don't think you're alone, it's okay. You know, and like, well, we like to have a little wine with dinner. I didn't, what, what is that about? I don't know, right? Uh, I don't, why, I, sometimes I, you know, say, I say a lot of, you know, we cuss a lot in our family. Okay, great, I, I, I didn't ask, I don't, why are we having this conversation? And the conversation always gets super weird right, immediately, so it stinks, right? It's, and, and I didn't wake up this morning wanting to be immediate discomfort and guilt for everyone, okay, like just by being present, okay? And I don't wanna be, and that's part of why we are a church like we are, and I try, you know, I try to do everything I can to kind of push that stereotype out the window because I get it, like I know that that's there. But the other part that's hard to make friends is because I also don't like opening up, right? Uh, coming from a broken family, dysfunctional stuff, trust stuff, all that stuff that's happened to me, that, that's, a, that's a real thing. And it also kind of gets in your head when you're a pastor because honestly, anyone else shares their burdens with you, you're totally fine with it, but if you feel like if you share theirs that you're laying them down. It's that weird, weird thing, right? It's like, oh, you can come to me because I'm a pastor, tell me whatever, and I'm good with it. It's nothing, I've heard it all, right? But then I feel like when I say something I'm saying, I feel like I'm disappointing someone, 
right? Like, but they're like, oh, you're just a normal guy. <sighs> We're going to have to find another church. You're not spiritual enough. You have sin in your life. You know, it's that kind of stuff. Like, there's just that, you know, that, again, that sound effect kind of comes in. It's just that disappointment. And what's crazy is when I was um, early on in my ministry, I just was really reserved about it because I felt like every time I would say, oh, I struggle with that too or whatever, like people just kind of looked at you like you're a freak. And I'm like, okay, I don't like this feeling. But then here's what else happened. Over time, you, you kind of remember, you're, you're human, right? I have to have friends. I have to have support. So I got to grow up and get over this thing that, that happens because I do need people to know what's up with me uh, how to pray for me right now, how to encourage me, uh, challenge me, tell me when I'm off road. So I had to stop being afraid of opening up and just risk the letdown thing that could potentially happen. And most of the time it isn't that way, but every once in a while it does happen, right? And you just have to kind of push through it and go, yeah, yeah, you know, that's the thing. And by the way, the super pastor thing has been a lie from the jump. That has never been true, Okay. And I don't know how, how, I mean, just Google pastor scandal and then have, a, have fun, okay? Because that's never been a thing. It's not healthy to present this super weird, very, spir very spiritual image and talk and say, hello, friend. Brother Ken, how are you? Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. That, it's not good, right? You know what I'm saying? Because then these people think that you are and they think there's this standard and this thing and it's like, no, 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 we're all in this thing together. Nobody has it figured out and that's okay, right? That's okay. Like, you know, that kind of thing, that's, that's fine. But anyway, being vulnerable is not easy though, I will say that. Getting up here even talking about this, just that, like, it's just, it's not easy. It's not easy to do. But can I tell you what the opposite is for you? Because some of you are like, well, I don't like being vulnerable. Yeah, no one does. But you know what the opposite is? Implosion. Keep it all bottled in. That's been working out for people for centuries, right? And what happens is you get anxiety, anger, nervous breakdowns, deep depression, all this stuff. You go through hell and you feel alone in hell at the same time. And that's not an option that I want in my life. And that should not be an option that you're okay with in your life to go, yeah, I think being vulnerable and going through the awkwardness and the discomfort of that is better than literally balling all this in and dealing with the aftermath of it. You have friends, acquaintances, colleagues, I get that, but do you have a support system? I'm just gonna ask you, do you have friends that help push you forward spiritually? Do you have people who encourage you and challenge you? Like, do you have people who help push you in the right direction? Do you have people who really know you? who pray for you, things that you're going through? Do you have backup when you need it? Or are you just going through things alone? Let me show you a verse that I think is so critical when you talk about this stuff. Hebrews 10, 24 says this. It says, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. <coughs> Excuse me. Let us not give up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but let us encourage one another. And what this is talking about, I love this. <laughs> we all need each other to help each other move toward love, good deeds, getting together, encouragement, these things. We need each other. You're not supposed to be out there by yourself. 
at any point. And in the church, when it started itself, it was this, it was literally friends eating with friends, helping friends, reaching out to other people, encouraging each other, giving each other hope. The church was literally a support system moving through homes, moving through gatherings where they were motivating each other to love people, to bring in people who need encouragement, who need hope, to help, to help, to help other people. And what's interesting is you can go, well, what is the church today? Well, the church today is still friends, eating with friends, friends, you know, helping friends, reaching out to hurting people, encouraging each other, giving each other hope. Except now we know that the church has a million flaws and issues and problems, but here's the thing, it is still a support system for so many people. And I hear this all the time for people, especially here in the area, it may be the only thing pushing you to love others and help others and encouraging you right now in your life. I hear that so many times from people who say like, listen, I, I, I love watching the, the church online or attending and I don't know where I'm at on faith and stuff. Like I'm trying to figure that out. But man, there's like not many things in my life that are actually pushing me to be better, to encourage me, to keep me on track. There's just not many things in life doing that. And that's why we always are offering ways to connect. You'll hear us all the time. You heard us last week talking about ways to volunteer, jump on teams. Today we're talking about just, you saw the video earlier, ways to get, on, ways to get into groups and just connect with people and do that kind of stuff. Because here's what we know, we wanna help people connect because we need to connect to each other. Right? Sitting in the back row and not talking to anybody for three years is not really doing church, right? I mean, it's watching something, and that's great, but at some point, you gotta connect with somebody. And, and, and this is the thing, whether you're checking out faith, you're new to faith, you've been a follower of Jesus for years, we need to connect with each other. It's so important. I mean, again, stats tell us six out of 10 of people just in this room alone are struggling with loneliness. They need to connect with someone else. We need community, we need support, we need encouragement. And I wanna say this to you, no matter what you believe, you belong. Everybody does this thing, well I have to believe all the right things and then I can finally like get involved in a church. That's, no, that's not how that works. You belong here. We want to be a community that encourages, supports and all that kind of stuff. And that's how you find out more about Jesus. That's how you grow in who he is. But life alone is not actually living. And that's what I want you to, I just want you to understand that life alone is not actually living. Has, I don't know if you have ever heard the story of a guy named Jim Sulkers. That name may not ring a bell, but let me tell you this story. Jim was 53 years old and lived in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. In November of 2002, he went to bed and died. Almost two years later, in August of 2004, police entered his apartment because concerned relatives had not heard from Jim. When they found Jim, his body was in a mummified state. The apartment was clean, the fridge had spoiled food in it and the calendar on the wall was two years old. So what happened? Three things happened that led to this. Number one, 
is Jim was reclusive and he was estranged from his family. Had bad relationships, stuff had soured out, he was by himself. Number two, he had a medical condition that prevented his body from fully decomposing. So they written, there wasn't smell and all that kind of stuff that usually you know, helps people identify that. And then number three, this is the one that blows my mind. Even in 2002, his automatic banking was set up. So his disability pension kept getting deposited and his utilities and bills kept getting paid for two years past his death. So those who studied this incident, because everyone thought, how did this happen? What's interesting is technologically, he was virtually alive for two years after he died. He was paying his bills, depositing his money, keeping the lights on. You know, he was physically dead. And it led, the people who were studying this asked the question is that even though he was virtually alive, what is life without community? And I think there's a lot of folks today who are digitally alive, virtually alive. But what is life if no one knows we're dead? What is life without community? Today, what we're gonna do is we got some folks outside in our lobby, if you're here in, in our in-person service, they got all kinds of ways to connect and to just help you connect to community. If you're having trouble just building relationships or you're just new and wanna get to know some people, we're gonna help you with that. We wanna do that, that's gonna be happening today. If you're watching online or from home, we got some ways for you to connect as well. We'll, we'll show you how to do that through your phone. But listen, let us, let me just remind you, remind you, remind you that wherever you are regarding relationships and letting people in and what's going on with you right now, life without community is not life. So I hope you open up and connect today. Let me pray for you. Father, I just come to you right now in this moment and I just pray for those who first of all, may just be on the edge, like they, they need relationships. But it's just been hard. It's hard to open up. I'm afraid. I'm afraid people will know what I'm going through. I'm afraid people will see me differently. I'm afraid people will feel sorry for me. I'm afraid of all these things. Father, those fears keep us alone. Those excuses, those reasons, those things, they all keep us in a state of not truly living. So Father, I pray for every single person, whether they're a believer or not a believer, whether they have been coming to church forever or just coming in the last month, whoever they are, that Father, you will open up their heart to connecting with people that will help encourage them, pray for them, push them forward spiritually to be that person that can help just be that coach in that minute and just say, hey, listen, I believe in you. God has a plan for your life. You can trust him when we need it most. Father, help us not to live lives that are just virtually alive, but relationally alive as well.
Bless your people in Jesus' name. Amen.